Welcome to Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Robbie Straczynski. Thank you so much for joining us on episode number 106 of Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town. Today's guest is one of the most important and longest tenured people in the poker industry. As the CEO of the World Poker Tour, this man has basically seen it all. And yet, after 20 years at the helm of the WPT, he's still growing the company by leaps and bounds, innovating, setting records, and just as passionate about his work as when he first began. On today's show, we'll hear all about his journey over the last two decades with the World Poker Tour, as well as learn more about him and his life away from the bright TV lights. Adam Pliska, welcome to the Cards Chat Podcast. Hi, Robbie. It's uh, great to be here. Thank you. Good to speak to you again. Feels like a little, uh, it's been a little while, and I'm just grateful that uh, in just a few weeks' time, I'll be able to see you in person uh, in Las Vegas at the WPT World Championships. Yeah, likewise. And this is 106. Wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you, you you have quite the library now. Yeah, we, we've got a lot of your colleagues uh, from the WPT, uh, Matt Savage, Lingo Martin, Tony Dunst has been on, Angelica Hale recently. Uh, I think we even had Hermans uh, right in the beginning, I think maybe episode two. Um, so uh, it's a pleasure to finally, you know, we got to keep going up one at a time and reach the top of the pyramid. So it's good to speak to you. <laughs> You too, uh, you too. Um, so over, I've known you for about five and a half years uh, since we, you and I first met, but there are people in the Cards Chat community uh, who are just meeting you here for the first time. So let's give them an idea of what kind of a person you are. Adam, you started a t-shirt company uh, at age 16, putting names on athletic jerseys. Um, this enterprise <laughs> paid for your tuition at USC Film School Teenagers have enough on their minds. How did it even cross your mind to start a business? And what was your entrepreneurial motivation at such a young age? Well, like um, like most things that later on people attribute genius to, it's usually out of just necessity, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, I had, uh, specifically, I had inherited a really cool car. I had inherited a 56 Chevy from my uncle. And um, that was going to be a really great uh, status bump in my life uh, until my parents explained that um, they weren't going to be um, paying for the insurance for a for a single young 16-year-old boy who's now driving a classic car. So I um, went out to go get a job, but my friends already knew that you're supposed to go earlier and before the summer and get the jobs. There's nothing. I was... I was rejected. I remember I got rejected from Subway. You know, Subway. I didn't get a job at Subway. I didn't get all. And so, um, I was deciding I have to go and I have to start some business. What am I going to do? And I remember it's so strange that it ended up to be athletic things because I came in. I had a really great uh, teacher, a drama instructor, and uh, he was very positive about encouraging these things. And he said, uh, I, I said, I got this great idea. I said, everyone needs towels. Everybody uses a towel. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to process. I don't know why it was towels. So I went and got a catalog about towels. But then in the catalog was all these sports jerseys. And then I realized, oh, I started, I was announcing like uh, volleyball and baseball. Right. And I did the homecoming game. So then I realized, ah, wait a minute. Maybe towels I could put on the back burner and start to do with the sports jerseys, and that's uh, that's what I did. Interesting. Okay. And where? What do you think you took away uh, from that experience besides obviously being able to pay for your own insurance? Oh my gosh! I learned so many things. I learned so many things that I still apply to this day. Hmm. Uh, you know, first of all, just basic understanding of how just accounting works. You know, I was doing, uh, I was doing taxes at 16 years old and, wow. <laughs> you know, while it was very simple, um, just understanding a system of how a business works. And more importantly, it was my first introduction to what a brand means. Cause I had mm. to, I had to name the company. Right. And then, and then you realize 
what do companies' names mean? Now, later on, I became a lawyer, and I, I, and I understood that the history of trademarks was a history about identification. What makes Robbie Robbie, right? Mm. What makes Adam Adam? And what you want is the ability to have people have some like emotional reaction to every name. And mm. so that's what it taught me. It taught me that, hey, if are you going to be the reliable guy? Are you going to be the friendly guy? Or are you going to be the guy that they can't get a hold of? Or where's my stuff? And so that was my first introduction to the consistency of messaging in a brand. Mm-hmm. And so I, I still, you know, we still apply this today. Hmm. I, I feel like I should be taking notes. This is a pearls of wisdom. It's good <laughs> stuff. Um, you were thought to be the youngest Eagle Scout in America when you completed all of your merit badges before turning 14. Famously, the Boy Scout motto is be prepared. Uh, it would seem to me that that's something that you've carried with you throughout your life. Uh, and I'm wondering if you could perhaps give us some examples of how else your time in the Boy Scouts influenced your life. Well, I, you know, first of all, it's, it was really great to have interactions with uh, kids your age and having a common goal. But we also did, we had amazing experiences. Uh, I mean, I remember as a kids, we, we met Henry Kissinger. We, we did a lot. We did the, uh, a, a lot of the ceremonial things for the scouts. So we had a lot of interactions with adults um, and it taught you to interact with adults, which is a very helpful um, talent. Uh, and it, it, you know, taught you to work for a common goal. But I, I think mostly this idea, and it doesn't have to be scouts, it could be anything. Mm. The idea of what are you being prepared for, um, you're, we're always building our character. And there's nothing you can, there's nothing you can do that is greater for your future options then always be mindful of how am I building my character? You know, what is it? What are the things that we all have things that we can work on? And I think that that focus um, back then, that these are things that are worth working on. Like you, you didn't see it at, tw- you know, 12, 13, 14, you don't understand how the payoff is, but later on in life, um, yeah, just like in poker, I mean, in, in, in poker, uh, I, I used to do a, a lecture series called how to lose. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, poker taught me how to lose because, mm-hmm. you know, if you lose and you go on tilt, you see the destruction. If you lose and you're a bad sportsman, no one wants to play with you again. If, you know, if you lose and can't say, okay, how do I cut my losses and learn something and go forward for this? Um, then you have not, um, then you've not benefited as well. So, you know, I, I, that, I think, you know, the building of character and always asking yourself, what is it that I can do? What can I learn is, um, was, was most helpful. Really cool. Well, I think we've given, we've laid that groundwork. Uh, you know, you can guys, you can hear, you can see, depending on how you're consuming this uh, episode of the cards chat podcast, we're dealing with someone uh, very special. Um, you know, we'll skip forward uh, just a few years. You know, you're obviously a, a public figure now, Adam, uh, you're on camera a lot. You give many interviews, But of course, you do have a private life as well. And I'm not going to probe too deeply, but knowing you and who you are, uh, I can't help thinking that it's got to be someone truly special to win the heart uh, of Adam Pliska. Um, You're on the road a lot. So what are some of your favorite ways to spend time with your wife when you're home? Well, uh, COVID really just taught me that just spending time at home was a wonderful thing. You know, I Mm. had, I was, um, six months out of the year, I was just gone. And I suspect COVID taught a lot of people that, um, wow, you either really like that's in your home and the, your family, or no. maybe you don't. Uh, fortunately, I was in the former camp. <laughs> and, um, and, and so, you know, what are those, what are those things, you know, many people talk about all the great things you have in common you know, we have a very, very different, we have a very different background, we have many different interests. And one of the things that um, you realize is, you know, after many, many years, uh, that being interested in the other person is 
such a blessing. You know, if you can go multiple years and it doesn't matter if it's your spouse or your business partner or, you know, members of the family, somebody you work with, if you can, regardless if you agree or disagree, if you still find that person fascinating, uh, um, I, I suspect you're going to have a pretty good life. Yeah. Well, um, you know, WPT is celebrating, uh, you know, the 20th anniversary year. That's something that on a personal level I did too, uh, 20 years married to Miriam. So uh, oh, I can congratulations. attest. Thank you. Uh, I can attest. That to, is, that's, that's 75 in Hollywood years. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And you, and you would know you're in, you're in the production <laughs> business, so you know all about yeah. Hollywood. Uh, so no, I can attest to that of just uh, maintaining that interest. Very, very important. Here's um, and you'll see like you know the progression of my, of my line of questioning and how we're we're going to swerve. Um, you proposed to your wife in the rose garden of the White House. That was something I was fascinated to learn. Yeah, how did it come? Ab- yes. How did it come about that you were there at the White House in the first place, and why did you choose that spot specifically? Yeah. So, uh, first of all, I had tried some other things. I was going to go up to Santa Barbara and then, Mm. and then, uh, I said, Oh, I had this date. She didn't know. And so Uh she said, Oh no, I can't go on that weekend. Cause I have, uh, uh, Japanese. I have Yuko hair straightening. I have no idea what that meant, but I Uh went, Oh, well you can cancel it. Don't say that to Don't say you can cancel anything that's related to a haircut or that's (laughs) not a good thing. So that didn't work. Then I, I bought some tickets to go out of town, out of the country, and then there was a we couldn't do that for some visa issues, and so I just thought, wait a minute, what's the thing that she likes more than anything? And it wasn't politics because her family had had some political association, but um, she didn't like that. But she loved the spy museum, and oh. DC had introduced the spy museum. So I my whole hook was, hey, I have business in D.C., why don't you come out and we'll go to the Spy Museum? Now, I had some friends and they had set this up, but the big part of the story was it it was supposed to be at 1 o'clock. I get a call from the White House that says, (laughs) can you get into the office, can you get get into the White House in the next 20 minutes? The Iraqi Constitution has been ratified. (laughs) Your original time is going to need, they're going to be in the Oval Office, so you're not going to be able to get so now I had to gingerly say, hey, could you hurry up? Well, you know, she's thinking we're going to Spy Museum. So, you know, <laughs> it was – the funny thing is I always said if you want to get engaged, the best way to get engaged is in the middle of an argument. Um, and she said, please don't do that. But the reason why I believe that is if two people are arguing – and you say, wait, stop, stop, but will you marry me? And if that person says, well, of course I'll marry you, but oh. you're an idiot right now, so we're going to finish this. <laughs> that's the person you want to be with the rest of your life because oh. you're going to get through anything. <laughs> I love it. That's that's wonderful. I love that story. Okay, so weaving with the White House connection, um, I noticed, again, you know, I tried to do my research here. You got to meet President George W. Bush. Uh, what was the occasion? Good. And what do you recall from your interaction from him? And if there's anything you learned? Yeah, I, I, I recall two things uh, specifically. I, I don't know what the occasion, I think it was a, a there's an organization for, for lawyers that are kind of in-house counsel lawyers. And they, they uh, meet to, to discuss kind of world events and mm. talk about topics and, and they're varied every year. I mean, it's definitely not politically one side or the next. It's right. just, it just goes all over. It's a great organization. And I was there and I was invited to, to meet the president. And uh, the two things that I remember, first of all, when we were in line, my hair was shorter. And as we started to take photos, you could hear some giggling. And I said to him, you know, they're laughing because I look like Barack Obama. Sure, right. And he said, and he said to me, it's not true. They're laughing because I look like George W. Bush. That's <laughs> 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 uh, pretty funny. That's cute. And then the other thing is his security detail then gave me some really great security tips on huh. phones and security when traveling abroad. And um, uh, because the guy had been a fan of the World Poker Tour and just 
no brought me off to the side and gave me all this detail. So I thought that was pretty helpful too. That is super cool. Wow. I'm so happy I asked that question. That's such a great answer. I love it. That's wonderful. Um, well, I could spend lots of time name dropping the many, many famous folks you've met. And I probably don't even know, you know, 5% of them. Uh, you've been very fortunate to cross paths with a number of very exceptional people. Um, have there been any particular individuals or any encounters that stood out or that have stood out to you as having had a profound impact on you and that might have perhaps changed you for the better? Yeah, I mean, one was not a, subs a substantial meeting, but it, it has uh, uh, had impacted me greatly. I, I go every year to the Berkshire Hathaway shareholders uh, meeting and uh, and I own, uh, I, I, I have uh, properties out in Omaha. Mm. Uh, so I go out there and Omaha is just a wonderful place. It is just, the, you know, the heart of America. And you cannot, if you try to be overly important in Omaha, it just doesn't work. Right. And, mm. and then here you had a guy who was at the time, the richest man in the world and he drives his own car and he's speaks clearly. And he is a, a really wonderful person. And if a person hasn't, doesn't know enough, it doesn't know much about him. I I'd either suggest that you just go online and read his shareholders letters are free on, at, on the website or read an auto, uh, read a biography called snowball, but he's a remarkable person. But one year um, I got to know his security detail well. And, and mm. his, uh, the guy said, you know, stand over here when, uh, because he was, he's playing bridge with Bill Gates and he says, come on over with me. So I come over here and he showed me the door that he knew they were going to come out. So Bill Gates comes out and um, he was there. I was I was out there talking to a group of students who had just come in for a business. You know, they were community college students uh -huh. and they were so excited to be there and so happy. And I said to Bill Gates. I just met these college. We, we the guy came out. I was introduced. I said I just met these these community college students, and they're so excited to be here. It would be really great if you could go and just say hello to them. And, and he walked over and he took photos. Wow. And he was gracious to them, and it was he took selfies. And it was these kids who, you know, probably weren't. You know, they were. They probably saved all their money to get there. They had no idea who they were going to meet. They they don't they weren't running a fund or anything right, else. Right. They had a great experience, and you know I was I was happy about that. That is very cool. Wow, amazing stories. Love it. Um, well, Omaha is not uh, the only place uh, you've been to. Obviously, within and beyond yeah. the scope of your work, you've done an immense amount of traveling all over the world. Uh, besides, you know, you just came back. I know from WPT Japan. Um, and I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, your most recent uh, personal conquest was Scotland, uh, that you've been there. Um, yeah. What I'm wondering, what emotions and feelings do you chase when you throw the next dart at the map to select a destination to travel? Yeah, so I, I will divide it between uh, from uh, personal and work. And, mm -hmm. and on the work side, you know, where are we going to be? Uh, well, you know that, you know, poker has had this great influence, uh, but you know that it's at different stages at different places. I mean, I remember going into the Philippines years ago and they were very tepid about poker. Poker is everywhere now in the Philippines, but very tepid about showing poker on television. And the, the TV station at the time, ABS-CBN, did it, but they did a charity event and they had to continue to say it was for charity and they right. were so worried because they didn't want to give the bad impression. And um, and so where is often determined by, you know, what influence, how do we first educate? Because mm -hmm. before you want to go and say, oh, if you're just putting a, a stop in a location that you know there's a lot of people who are going to be there, um, I don't know that we're, you're necessarily doing your job in the community to educate what mm -hmm. poker is about. Almost everywhere that we started, it, you know, it starts with a trickle. It starts with education. It starts helping those people. There's always, there's always these champions 
their players who knew about it and they want the world they want to work with the world poker tour to help bring poker to that location they need the company but they're already there and they're champions and they just want the rest of their friends to know how great this game is mm. and so working with those people i think is a is a big help nice um it was certainly the case in latin america it was certainly the case in asia um and then personally i like to just go to a i like to find places that help me think about bigger things in life i you know in mm. scotland was you know steve lipscomb who started the world poker tour um you know my closest friends when we we decided we were going to go in the very top of scotland we were up in the isle of sky and you know to be in surrounded by beautiful nature and talk about reflect on life and reflect about what is it that we've learned and why it's so great and be appreciative it's it's a very it's a great blessing very cool very cool uh well a personal question but it's a personal question from me uh here's one i imagine you probably don't get asked about too often but it's related to me since i live here in january 2016 you came and visited israel uh, tell us a little bit about that trip and what it is that brought you here. Well, I, I don't know if you know that I, I've been to Israel many times. Oh, we used to that. have an office. I'm going to I'm going to blow your mind, Robbie. Okay. We had an office in Naharia. No. <laughs> yes. yes, we had. Naharia, just in, for those who don't know, Naharia is like <laughs> right close to the border between Israel, Lebanon and the north. There's nothing there. I mean, like it's like a small little town. It's beautiful, gorgeous beaches and stuff. Wow. Okay. Wow. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, uh, yeah, amazing. We had a um, maybe in 2007 or eight. We thought we were going to go into the online gaming business directly, huh. and I was um, first. I was a, as a general counsel. I went out getting the licenses and everything else. But we then ended up hiring. Um, there's a lot of great technical people um, in the area who didn't want to move and they wanted to be there. Right. And it was probably in the early days of being able to do long distance working and, right. and it was great. So I have a tremendous, it's, I was actually on a Singapore flight yesterday, Singapore airlines flight yesterday. And I was asked, what is one? What is my favorite? I get asked a lot. What's my favorite place to 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 go? And 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 I tell them, if you go and watch the sunset over the ancient city in Israel, and you're not moved, I don't care your background, your religious tradition, but if you have, if you're not moved in some way. Then you're a stone or something. <laughs> you're not a human being. It's just I love it. The food is great. The people are terrific. Wow. Um, no idea. That trip, I think I was visiting, uh, you know, friends with at eight eight eight, and they they were giving us more of a tour. But yeah, I, I've been many times. That's very cool. Wow. Okay, I had no idea. Okay, well, you can only research so much. Now I learned something new as well. Very cool. <laughs> Um, the WPT is uh, truly, you know, by, literally by definition, the World Poker Tour. It's a global enterprise and. Many of us listening are familiar with the numerous WPT stops in Europe and in North America, as well as uh, one of your most recent stops in Australia. But we're a little bit less familiar with a couple places you mentioned before, with Latin America and with Asia. And I'd say specifically the latter we're even less familiar with. By definition, there's kind of like a, a language gap, a culture gap when it comes to East and West. I'm saying, you know, out of way outside of poker, sure. just in general. That's the way the world currently is. And yet the WPT seems to have effectively bridged that gap somehow. And I think that's amazing. You've staged stops. You mentioned in the Philippines, Taiwan, Cambodia, China, Japan. What's the secret to doing that? Uh, the secret is the same as getting along with people. You, you, are, uh, you are known in this industry, Robbie, as being a curious person. You, you know, you, you can, you always tell that you're curious looking for the best in people. And it's just, it's very evident. That is part of your personal brand. And I would say it's the same thing with, with us. I mean, in a lot of those places, when we first went in there, 
there was absolutely no guarantee it was going to be a success or it was going to, because as I said, it's an education process, but you have to be curious about the culture. You have to meet those champions that are on the ground who say, oh my gosh, I mean, I remember being pitched why Vietnam will be so great and how the, the people will love this if they get used to this. And at the beginning, you know, you're not going to flip a switch and tons of people are going to show up. Um, but I look at the enthusiasm and it is so terrific. I mean, having it, it every area is different. Like Japan, I mean, there were hundreds and hundreds of tables. I mean, there was 718 people in the, uh, in the pr uh, primary event, but there's also, there were so many, um, I think there were something like, um, there's over 30 side events that were going on and some of them had six, 700 people in them. That's incredible. Um, but it was so quiet. I mean, it was the quietest, most respectful <laughs> tables I've ever experienced in my life. And then, you know, and then when, you know, when we would have the events in Sanya in China, you know, those were loud and raucous and, and excited, you know, exciting for a different reason. And so, um, but you know, what is the what is the secret? The secret is being interest interested. And I, when I was a kid, we didn't really have my my family. We didn't have that much resource to travel all over. We never left the country. I, I was only on a plane one time with the, with the Boy Scouts until I was probably twenty, you know, two years old. Wow! And so I never lose interest. And, you know, people say, oh, do you get tired of the traveling? You know, I, I never lose interest in finding this amazing world that we live in and all of the different uh, things. And I don't think that the World Poker Tour has either. Um, every stop is different. We learn something about the culture. We learn something about ourselves. And so, yeah, that is the secret. And, and you also showcase it. I've watched many videos. I think uh, Alex Gray has been many of them recently where you know, you're just doing all the cool stuff. I mean, you were jumping into the ice yeah. pool in Sochi yeah. and uh, eating yeah. ants in Cambodia or whatever it was. Yes. I mean, like, it's really you. Yeah, you, you got to really do it. I, and, by the way, it's so important. And, I, and, I, and I'm glad you bring it up because I do want to just emphasize that when a person comes to a WPT event, you can expect that the professionalism of the event is going to be paramount, but you can also expect that it's a place for you to be in a community and it's, and it's a place for you to explore in a safe place. Right. So when you are in Cambodia, you know, yeah, go try the ants or whatever it is, because <laughs> come out with us, have explore because not the, you know, it's not the bobsled or it's not the hot air balloon or it's not the necessarily the, 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 the crazy sauna. It's the, it's the vulnerability you get by putting yourself in a position that you're not used to. You instantly make friends huh. because when people are, you know, if, if you had a, if you had a visitor, in Israel in the first uh, first time, and they came in, they don't know. It's all new. What do they right. expect? And you want them to have a good experience. And they're open. And that's where real bonds come. And I think that that has been an important part, a societal contribution um, of the World Poker Tour and, quite frankly, other, other poker tours as well. I love it. Great, great answer. Um, whenever I ask you, Adam, about the World Poker Tour, you're always so incredibly gracious. You lavish credit on the dozens of employees who work so hard for your company year-round, day in, day out, to make the WPT magic happen. And of course, they do deserve the credit, but you do too. Uh, this was The following was quite literally documented in an SEC filing during the last sale of the WPT. Allied Esports noted both your importance to the WPT and your central role in making the Element Partners deal happen. And here's the quote, WPT is highly dependent on the services of Adam Pliska. The loss of such services could adversely affect its business. So my question is, 
What do you feel are the biggest assets that you specifically, Adam Pliska, bring to the role that you have? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it is, I work with such brilliant people. And obviously, I work with people who have such technical skills that exceed mine in the area, whether it's Loxana Hyman and related to her understanding of distribution or, or, uh, you look at you know Matt or Ange with the tour and all, all of the individuals. Uh, JC has done such a great job with the, you know building up uh, Club WPT, but um, I I'm I think I'm very good at the long game. I, I'm not a person who I, I'm not overly impulsive. I think I have a pretty good temperament, and so I realize that when you take a bunch of creative you know thoughtful intelligent people and you put them in a room at any given day you can have a frustration and uh-huh. any given day you can have a degree of tension but i think i'm uh, i see the larger picture uh-huh. and i am as much of a you know priest as i am a <laughs> as, as i am a manager in that i think i can remind people why it is that we're doing what we do and remind them that how extraordinary this opportunity is that we have been able to come together and do some, I mean, half of the world is still wakes up in the morning said and says, you know, how will I get my basic necessities of today? And one of the things that I say to the management team is it is a blessing to be given difficult issues to figure out the idea that you are given issues whether it is you know how do i get my podcast up how do i get the uh you know what's the technical thing how do i promote it what these are things that you've had to come so far in society to be able to say wow society trusts you with these difficult things and they're saying you robbie you figure them out you figure out how this puzzle works that is a credit uh to you and i do try to remind our team that we are i, I tell them all the time that they, they, they've not been hired because of you know to become the director of fun and games they're here because they are the best people that i could find to manage chaos and what a wonderful gift it is to be able to be able to manage chaos um, because it's, it says that society trusts you with figuring out the things that will, you know, you know, benefit more, uh, more people than yourself. You know, uh, I don't know if you're a big tennis fan, but uh, anytime, anyone out there who's ever watched Roger Federer and the, I don't know, he just glides around the court. I feel yeah. like, you know, not that I'm trying to serve hard aces or win points here, but the way you're, you know, answering these questions is just, I feel like I need to, you know, listen and listen over again. I love the way, <laughs> no, just amazing responses. It's, um, tells a lot about you. And, and I, it kind of dovetails into my next question. And it's a little bit long, but uh, you'll, you'll get what I'm getting at because uh, you had talked about already, you know, right at the beginning, uh, understanding the importance of a brand and brand loyalty. Um, Over your tenure at WPT, the company has gone through five acquisitions. And the only thing I tried to make some sort of a comparison, the only thing that I can liken it to is when an athlete gets traded to a different team, sort of. And typically over an athlete's career, their skills decline in line with father time. It's only normal. Yet the WPT, 20 years later, the company is in better shape than ever. And your impossible to argue with motto remains the best is yet to come. Um, Usually in companies where the ownership changes, it's not atypical that you see an exodus of employees jumping ship, seeking out greener pastures or, you know, an influx of new faces coming in. And yet you've weathered all of the storms and there are numerous WPT employees who've been employed by the company for 10 years or more. There must have been some really challenging times, some moments. Um, I'm just wondering, how can you explain that magnitude of brand loyalty from yourself and from so many of your colleagues in the organization 
despite what could be perceived by outsiders as turmoil? Yeah, well, I, I do think that, again, if it goes back to, you have to have both short-term vision and long-term vision. And I do think part of the issue that you're referencing is uh, is a result of that people's definition of long-term vision is often short. Um, mm-hmm. you know, now, 20 years, the, the, the long-term vision gets longer and longer. But, you know, being around, being in japan or in china or you know or 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 the uk where you realize that there are you know i mean people used to build you know religious temples and that took hundreds of years to build right Right. i mean how strange is that right how how strange an, an idea that you would contribute to something that you will not see finished in your own lifetime and I, I think that is what um, distinguishes those things that last for a long time, which is if you do not look at what you're contributing as, look, this is what I did, but rather this is a this is a grand novel and you're adding your chapters. The World Poker Tour will be here far after I'm gone. And Steve Lipscomb and I talk about this all the time. We're adding our chapters. Now, I think part of my um, my goal is to remind people of that, that let us think of this in the long term. I'll tell you, for anything else, it will help you get along with people a lot better because you realize in this community, as you realize, you, you just keep coming back. You keep coming back. You think, oh, I'll never work with that person again. Oh, no, believe me, you, you will. <laughs> and so having that dedication and allowing all of those people over 20 years and hundreds of people to feel like you're just as important to that contribution and to the legacy. Every person that comes in the World Poker Tour, I have an interview with, regardless of when they're, they're coming in, I have an interview with them. And I remind them that they are about to change the nature of the World Poker Tour just by being who they are. and they will contribute to this this great recipe that we're we're doing and and that, that's it you go in you go up every day with a mindset that you are contributing to something grander um that is not just about yourself it's certainly not me i i didn't create the world poker tour i you know i had the wonderful advantage of being able to be a steward mm. and that's how i've seen my job is to be a steward of a brand and people who who wanted to come together and show respect for each other. And um, I I think that helps greatly. Beautiful. Um, You've spoken many times in the past about there being a a special kind of energy at the company headquarters. If I were a fly on the wall for the day at WPT offices, what would I likely bear witness to? I think what you would, I think one of the things that would stand out the most is it would it would sound very much like your dining room uh, dinner conversation. And what I mean by that is the person at your dinner table, you're quite intimate with. And so on one hand, the person is going to be like, you did such a great job. That's fantastic. It's going to build you up. On the other hand, that person is going to say, and by the way, your zipper was down and you didn't, you know, <laughs> and you, and you, you looked a little tired and you should be, you would hear this incredible mix of honesty and caring. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I often analogize it to a violin string, which is there's enough tension to make the sound sound beautiful. Mm-hmm. But there is not so much tension to make it snap nor right. is it so loose is it it sounds that it's out of tune mm-hmm. and so you do you'll get this mix of uh, this amazing honesty that you probably don't see in other corporations because it's an honesty that you can only achieve when you feel safe when you feel that hey 
we're speaking to each other because, you know, quite frankly, we care about each other and we love each other. And I, and I do think that that has been the key part of it, th- this extraordinary team. And, and folks, uh, you know, Adam did have a, an artistic uh, metaphor there in a way. And uh, if you've never had the chance uh, listen to, if there's a YouTube video out there, the World Poker Tours theme. I think it's called Rise Up, Raise It Up, something like that, Rise Up? Rise Above. Uh-huh. Rise, Rise Above. above. Uh, and you obviously had a, a hand in composing that yourself. Uh, you've experienced playing three musical instruments. So just, uh, you know, guys, after you finish this podcast and another 105 uh, episodes, go ahead and listen to that uh, <laughs> as well. Um, Adam, the pandemic created challenges for the entire world, including the poker industry, of course, and WPT successfully pivoted online and you saw success there until uh, what I'll term the re-emergence. What do you think have been the biggest takeaways for you and for the WPT of that pandemic era? And obviously no one wants another pandemic. Is there anything of that area that you're carrying forward? Uh, yeah, and we have this beautiful, beautiful office, headquarter office that was designed just before the pandemic with a very <laughs> long-term lease. And I, I think that it is um, a very nice place if you want to go in and have a lot of quiet time because, you know, uh, not often, you know, I think we did learn that um, – in balance, people do like to get together. Uh, they like to get together at the events. We do have the office, and they can use that to get together. But I have not made that a requirement. Uh, I, the employees can decide for themselves whether or not that's important or not. Um, what we saw is that the pandemic showed people what they value. Oh. And as a employer, if you don't want to step back and figure out what a person values, um, you're missing out completely. If you think that you are going to win over everybody for by dollars, you're not. Uh, first of all, you'll never have the amount of resources. You know, it's, companies are always looking for resources. You never have the amount of resources necessary to just do that. So, what did we find? You know what? People really like their family. People really like to spend more time with their family. And when if they do, and they feel like they're being responsive to their to their families. Um, when they when they show up, they're a hundred percent there. Their mind is in it. They're not sitting there thinking, "Oh gosh, I've I haven't I've neglected someone." And so, um, if they if somebody wants to stay home and they want to work on Zoom and they can get their work done and you know and, and still take their kid to school and make sure that they get to that baseball game and whatever it is, God, God bless them. I mean, I I just think that's wonderful and it and. I will say that the World Poker Tour did not miss anything. You know, some companies coming and saying that they did miss quite a lot, but we did not. I mean, I I feel like people took it. They did not abuse the system at all. Um, I think we learned that we could get along, and then we learned also that we do want to see each other. It does yeah. matter to come together, um, uh, but it it doesn't necessarily have to be you know a you know, nine to five, come on into the office and check out. Good stuff. Um, The first time I interviewed you, Adam, this is five and a half years ago, you said at the world poker tour, we like to think ourselves, think of ourselves as the storytellers in the industry. Uh, You guys have obviously told thousands of stories over the last 20 years. And I imagine it's tough to pick out individual ones, but do you have any favorite stories? Oh, I have my I have my all time favorite story that we made into a video. You can actually see this someplace. Uh, we had a contest to tell people that if anyone wanted to tell a story about how poker changed their life, and we would animate it and turn it into a, a little story. And we did this. We had submissions all over, and they were wonderful. One guy was a he he just left the war and he met his wife but he couldn't afford to get the ring so he played poker and he was able to save up winning but the best one this this woman writes in and she says um my dad and i had this wonderful relationship in our entire lives but so, so many years ago he started to suffer from alzheimer's disease and we i finally to my dread had to put him into a home 
And, but I would show up every week and I didn't think he was there. He could know that I was there, but I stay, I came every week and I would talk to him. And so she and then she says, but at some point I had just played in the local, uh, in my home game over the weekend. So I remember as a kid, he and I would play poker. And so she says, I say to him, um, well, I, I had this hand and I, she starts to describe the hand. And he said, basically, you played the hand wrong. And he corrected her in the hand. And she starts to realize wow. his memory is long term. And he can have a discussion of poker. And she sa- writes to us that basically, thank you for poker. It gave me wow. my father back. She says, unfortunately, he fi- passed away last year, but I got five more years or whatever it was. I got my father back. And it's my favorite story. It's my favorite uh, poker narrative. Wow, you gave me the chills just now. That is incredibly <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful story. Um, well, we've uh, mentioned it a couple times. You even said it about yourself. You're known to be a, a planner for the long term. Uh, this, this 20th anniversary celebration year has truly been over the top. I mean, I still remember speaking already last year uh, with Lance Bradley, uh, one of the new additions. And he's like, oh, we got... Some ma- amazing plans. And like, as much as he hyped it up, like to actually see one by one you know, come into fruition, really just incredible. And, you know, as we, you know, we're moving towards the year ending uh, world championships, uh, I imagine you can probably look back at 2022 with tremendous pride in what the WPT as an organization has accomplished. Um, looking ahead, though, I will talk, and I can't say the long term, but the next five years or so, what do you see as the keys to the WPT continuing that upwards trajectory? Is it a function of like a quantitative increase, meaning like more ambassadors, more staff, more distribution, or is it something else? Yeah, I mean, I think what's important is to uh, is to ask, you know, the the why. Like, why do we have ambassadors or why do we have particular stops? Why do we have products that um, I mean, you could go on to Club WPT and play for on the social side for free. You know, if you yeah. wanted, uh, you you can uh, you can do a subscription. You could do a, a small buy-in event. You can do a prime event. Why do we have these stop? Why do we have so much many? Which I call them. You know, I so I call talent, and it's because we have a commitment to say wherever you are in your poker journey. There is a place for you to come on. And we want you to be able to come on the train and explore and, and feel safe and but feel like you're on your own pace. And so more and more of that, I think, is what we're seeing. As we realign, we've realized over the years the experience of poker is as important as the poker play because as you know, there are there is great um, there is great professional poker all over the world now, right? I mean, it's, you know, and, um, you know, it's, I find it silly to call them competitors because they're, you know, we know them all and they're friendly and you realize these are people who are dedicated to high quality output. Um, but I, I think part of our focus is that canvas around poker. Mm-hmm. So if you look at our premier meetup game, I love the idea that you, that somebody can say, I'm going to go and play in a game that Doyle Brunson is going to be there, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm going to go and I didn't have to be in a high-end tournament or whatever. I'm going to be able to go there. Or I'm going to see Phil or I'm going to whoever, you know, you know you're going to see Brad and Andrew. Uh, that's we want to do more of that stuff. You know, the, the work that we did with Steve Ioki and had some creative the creative fun that we've done with this um the the multiple events um we're going to have a phenomenal party that's just going to be um unlike anything that people have seen very different than than traditional players parties Um, uh, and that's what we want we want to reinforce what you're going to see in the next five years is expanding not necessarily expanding of the uh, of 
of stops. We have the calendar also dictates that we don't want to overdo things, but we want to make sure that people are going to feel like they're part of a community that has been, that is really inclusive and gives them a safe place to interact and try some other things and try some things new. And more of that is you're, you're going to see, you're going to see great stuff. We have a cruise going on right now. Um, I just saw that the Virgin, uh, uh, um, they, they, they're, as you approach the ship, it's all going to be on our colors, oh, you know, that's so cool. fun experiences that are on there are different, but, um, that's it. We're going to be promoting, um, the sense of community and making sure that you've got a place to come play the highest level of professional poker. And at the same time, feel like, um, your time was meaningful because you made some great connections. Love it. Uh, so just two more questions of mine before we turn to the Cards yeah. Chat community questions. Um, you know, one of the community questions will ask about the upcoming WPT World Championships, but I have a, a specific one of my own. Uh, my dad, Dr. Joseph Straczynski, was fortunate enough to win a prize package from WPT Global. Um, and like many, it's very cool. He's gonna, I'm gonna be there and reporting on my dad playing in the WPT World <laughs> Champions. It's just insane. I, I can't believe it. It's just a mind-boggling thing. He's um, gonna have bragging rights and uh <laughs> and I'm I'm sure he will do, do succeed because the, you would rather have him being able to brag than to come and give you the bad beat story. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, to, I spoke with him. Um, I spoke with him actually yesterday or two days ago. That interview will come out uh, soon. But I was like, this is cool. I get to interview my dad. Like, what's the experience? Like, I learned Aww. things about him. Like, I already, I've got to thank w, you, know, you and, and WBT Global as well. Just like I got to see another cool little side and learn things about my own dad. And I'm sure that'll continue over the next few weeks, uh, you know, as we approach the event. Um, like many other prize package winners, this is going to be his first time playing in such a huge buy-in event. Um, what can they expect and what advice would you give everyone who falls into that category of, you know, this is the biggest thing they've ever done by, you know, head and shoulders, poker-wise? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think what you're going to expect and you're going to see it as soon as you walk in is that you're you're going to have a very celebratory environment. So I, I do think that that will take the, this, this idea that you're in a serious environment and people are coming in and they're all, and they know more than you. I don't think that, I think this is going to be a very fun is, is going to be met with fun. The moment that he gets there. That's cool. And he's going to be met with a, a lot of people who are there to just have a, a great time. And I think that changes the mindset because you yeah. go in there and say, look, no matter how I do, I'm going to be able to tell some stories. I'm going to meet some people. I'm going to be pay playing with the greats. And that's, we're going to infuse that throughout the, you know, throughout uh, this. I mean, I, you know, I, I think WPT Global will also be sponsoring some amazing live stream, uh, uh, live streams that will be on there that, you know, the, games that you wouldn't have seen but there's going to be plenty for you to do and the environment is going to be festive and so if you are one of those people who are lucky enough to got a package and you say wait whoa whoa i, I don't know if i'm prepared for this as long as you're in the mindset to have a good time and to give yourself a an experience you're going to be just fine Excellent. Okay. I will pass that on to dad. Um, <laughs> I have to end off by asking you, uh, you know, again, this is my last question and we'll go to the community questions um, about that absolutely incredible video that you produced and you shared on the occasion of your 50th birthday. Um, not to make light of it in any way, but it reminded me a little bit of, I don't know what it was called, that wear sunscreen song, but like it was an amazing version of it. Like, <laughs> like a very cool, genuine. You were just spouting truths and sharing the pearls of wisdom yes. that you've collected over the 50 yes. years you've had on, on this. Just song. just keep walking was the essay that I that I wrote that they put it right. They put it to. And, and honestly, it just, and I watched it and I watched it immediately again. Yeah. And like I told Miriam and my wife, I was like, you have to see this. This is just one of the most yeah. impressive things I've seen. And um, it's a reflection. Well, just being honest. I'll tell you, there was an there was an origin to that 
uh, every year I write a little essay. Okay. And yeah. it, uh, oftentimes I'll, I'll, I'll put my thoughts out or whatever. And I tried to do it in the vein of the thoughts that I would give my 21 year old self. So mm-hmm. that I'm not suggesting that I have some, that I have some great wisdom that I'm, I'm passing down, but maybe one or two things will resonate with someone. Mm-hmm. And then, and I say, if I gave this advice to my 21 year old self, maybe if it, if somebody else gets something from it, that is great. But this year in particular, my mother last year started to lose her memory and didn't know what was happening. And it was turned out to be a remarkable story. She hit a car. Uh, and um, by the time I was at Necker Island, I get a call from her saying, I'm not feeling well. I could see her readings weren't doing well. I said, call 911. She said, I don't know what that is. She lost her. By the time I got there, she couldn't tell you her middle name. She didn't oh know where God. she lived. She barely recognized me. As it turned out, it was not neurological, but we didn't know at the time. It was thyroid. Huh. Um, but wow. I was sitting there. What am I going to do with my mother? I mean, I had, she's living in this house for 50 years. What am I going to do with this house? Where does she go? Now, the story um, you can probably read on my social media, it is turned out to be lovely, which is the people she hit in the car are now her caregivers. <laughs> They've moved into the house. Wow. They are lovely people, and they have just transformed her life, and we and they just got a dog, in fact, so I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, but there was a moment that I sat down, and I was in a parking lot. And I was exhausted and trying to figure out what am I going to do? And I said, for the first time in a long time, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just don't know what the answer is. And then something came to me and I said, you know what? You're, you're at the time 49 years old and you know what to do when you don't know what the answer. You just keep walking. Hmm. You just keep going forward. And I got to tell you, over the course of 20 years of the World Poker Tour, I can come on here and say, oh, yes, well, I knew that that the solution to Club WPT was we put the, but that's, there were many days, Robbie, that we just, the answer was just keep marching, Mm -hmm. you know, keep marching until the opportunity comes because there are dark days and there are days where you will not know what to do and you will not have a good answer. Um, but if you keep going forward and you're committed to going forward, the sun will come out again and and you will find the path and you'll be glad that you stuck with it. Ah, this takes my breath away. Um, great. It's just, I love it. Um, thank you for sharing that very deeply personal thing. I appreciate that. Um, guys, now it's the segment of the show. We turn to you, our Cards Chat community, to see what questions you wanted to ask our guests. We have a dedicated thread on the Cards Chat forums. For this, so as we announce who our future guests will be, please be sure to send in your questions. I know your time's limited, Adam. We've got three question askers, but I'll just ask one question uh, from each person who submitted just to give everyone the chance. Um, Chica Bonita uh, sends in the following question. Is there something in the EPT and the WSOP that you guys at WPT don't yet have, but it attracts you and you would like to develop it? you know, and, and if so, can you share that with us? Oh, that's a, I've never been asked that question before, but I, I think that's a great question. Um, look, if I look at EPT and I look at the historic EPT, you know, the fluidity in which it was so easy to play, right, from, you know, account and then you just go in and suddenly you could just go and play. They, they, they did they were, you know, pioneers with that. And I think, um, I, you know, I just been very, was always impressed. And the, the WSOP, um, you know, we talk about that sense of the community, but that sense of there is a tradition, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe as we do a $15 million guarantee and we have just, we have just everything into this what's coming into the in december and i will just remind everybody we still have seminal coming up an amazing event and taiwan um but you look at 22 days at the win and everything that's going to go on there 
So I, I, I hope that we will be able to get a sense of that beginning the sense of the community that people looked forward to the WSOP. And I like the question because it is a reminder that we are all contributors to this greater poker community. And, um, you know, we're, we're better for it. We do learn from each other. Excellent. Uh, Crystals sends in this question. Uh, there have been, there's been obviously a lot of investment by the WPT in both WPT Global and the World Championship coming up this December. What are you hoping to achieve with this investment? And if everything goes as well as planned and hoped for, what do you want the World Championship to look like in 2030? Yeah, well, first of all, the, the, the WPT Global has been fantastic for us because one of the things that, you know, to go, it kind of goes back to the last question, what is something that you wish you had? I mean, if you look at those early days and when it, what was the WSOP in 2006 and all the online sites sending people over, sure. I mean, this is the first time that World Poker Tour is getting hundreds of, of, uh, of satellites that are online. I mean, you know, WPT Global is doing C today. They're doing large packages on the weekend. I mean, they, they've been great. So that has been most impressive. And for the World Poker Tour, you know, you mentioned being sold five times. Every single time we added something else. Every mm. single time, you know, it we never had a situation where the World Poker Tour was, oh, okay, I want to take it off your hands and I'll I want to completely change it. Somebody always added something. And this last sense of being able to do some of the things that I would have said, you know, would have been much harder for us because they're bigger risk things, right? I mean, the, you know, the the charity event that we did with Steve Aoki or some of the things that we're doing, we're working with, a, you know, uh, you know, artists, um, uh, Daniel Arsham or somebody, some of these things, they, they, our financial situation would have dictated that we would have had been much more careful. It's not that we couldn't have done it, but if it failed, it could have had a, a, a bad effect. And now we're able to take a lot more risks and that will mean some of these, some things will not work and it's okay because you're going to see a lot of cool things coming from the world poker tour in, in the next few years. And I think that's, I think that's part of it. Excellent. And our final question comes from acid burn FX. Uh, always ask some creative questions. Love it. Uh, we're not going to go with the, the crazy, wild, and wacky here. And I'm debating back and forth, which of these two should I ask? But I'm going to go with this one. What is your most treasured possession, Adam, and why? Oh, so I, I, I have a, uh, that's, that's interesting. I, I don't have a lot of things. You know, I, I always said I, I, have a, I have a home that looks like you want to rob, and then you go in and there's nothing there. Like, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a collector of things. Um, but I do have my, my, my great grandmother was the first, uh, police woman in my town. My grandfather was a captain of the new, the police department. My father was the sheriff and I have their badges in a little box near me. And, um, I'll tell you why that's meaningful because when you're, when you're the son of people who are in civil service, you realize you, you're never going to, you don't get the big payout, you know, in business, you, there's always a chance there's a acquisition or something. There is always a chance that it might be, but that's, that's not what you strive for when you do a, when that's your life. What you strive for is that you added some protection to your community, that you added some stability to your family. Um, that you were able to be there and, you know, go to the soccer games or whatever it was. And the humility in this extraordinary service of those three generations, I think is um, very precious to me. So I think that's what I'm going to, I'm going to go with that one. Goodness. That's an incredibly touching answer. Uh, folks, thank you so much for sending in questions for Adam Pliska. And just a friendly reminder to all of you out there in the Cards Chat community, we'd love to see you submit your questions 
for our future podcast guests in the dedicated thread on the forums. Guys, please be sure to give us a good review on iTunes and spread the word via your social media channels. If you like the show, Adam, you, you know, just took my breath away once again. And um, I got to say uh, a definite, uh, incredible highlight of my day. Uh, before we let you go, uh, anything else you'd like to share with the Cardstack community? Yes. we. I just want to say, please, I mean, if you're anywhere, uh, if you're in Florida, go to Seminole. If you're um, if you're anywhere in Vegas over those 22 days, I don't care if you're going to play or not. Please come in, say hello. We're going to be doing TV final tables on location, which we have not done in you know five or six years. Um, you're going to see the greatest players, but you're going to see the community come together in a beautiful location. I'm so excited to reveal what this is going to look like. And uh, again, I don't. You don't have to be playing to feel like you're part of the community. Come on out and see us. Introduce yourself. It is one of the greatest things that I have. That you know, I was just in Japan. And some guy came up and he introduced himself. He said he brought his kids to Japan just to play in the game, just to play. But um, I love it. We love meeting every one of you. So please come out and say hello. And I'm just very grateful for um, you, Robbie, and this opportunity to. To speak to your audience. Well, thank you. It's uh, likewise very, you know, just grateful to have this opportunity to speak with you, especially uh, when your time is that much more in demand and that much more precious. Looking forward to the, the crown jewel of your calendar year. Uh, Adam, thank you so much. Thank you all for tuning in once again to another episode of Cards Chat. I'm Robbie Straczynski. You can follow me on Twitter at Card Player Life. I wish you all a wonderful day. Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community.